0: Welcome to another edition of the ArenaCraft Podcast, a show focused exclusively on Magic the Gathering Arena. My name is Arjuna, the often downtrodden, the often misunderstood, the often misattributed, and joining us today, Kova Goblue, the grand master of flowers, finest Twitter content user, <laughs> expert, expert, <laughs> tech-savviest. blue. how are you doing today? I'm confused by all my titles. I don't know
1: what you're talking about with literally any of those at all, but explaining the joke's pointless so we can just
0: move right on. We'll just move along with that. Yeah. (laughs) What's cooking this week for you in the arena, CGB? we're going to get right into it, I guess, huh? Let's do it, man. I mean, okay. All right, we'll give them a little overview, right? I was just, I was getting ahead of myself there. I was, I was excited. Today, we are going to talk mostly about the spoilers for Innistrad Midnight Hunt. We have had a big drop of them, and uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, and there's a lot of hintings about what the new format's going to be like. The set's already looking fairly powerful. So yeah, so we're going to focus on that. Okay, but first, Covert, Go Blue. What has it been like in the arena of <laughs> This was a really long week, man. I
1: feel like, I feel like I almost had like a rock bottom moment. And I I try to keep it positive on this show. I always do because at the end of the game, at the end of the day, I love playing magic and I love Arena because I'm still old. And I remember when getting an opponent to play magic on a platform that I enjoyed playing on was actually really hard to do. So I still really appreciate Arena. I really do. This update, man. This Jumpstart Historic Horizons update is the worst update of all time. Just the worst. I have no idea it's what you're worst. talking about. Okay, man. let's add it up. Let's, let's <laughs> yeah. add it up. We were told some kind of a back-end thingy that they need to change. It's going to make the arena more stable for yeah. years to come and just give them more oomph for something. I don't know, right? They have to like split the season into two seasons because for some reason it resets ranks. And then here's what's up. It gets delayed two weeks. And because they tied it to a set release for God knows why. I mean, why would you mess with a set release? Why would you tie them together? I know that it's expensive to roll out updates and a big deal, but it feels to me like you could have put these on separate updates. But maybe I know nothing, right? Maybe Perpetual required it was like the MPL thing happening this weekend, yeah, yeah. right? Like, I got it. I'm going to enjoy getting to that. But like, we're back on <laughs> August 10th here. We were supposed to have Jumpstart Historic Horizons. It got delayed two weeks. So obviously that wasn't planned. We were supposed to be enjoying a new historic format with new cards for two weeks. And instead, we had not even new products to talk about. Like we spent a podcast on Eldraine cards. <laughs> And, and, and by the way, people love that podcast. I love making that podcast. I'm not sad, but that just tells you that they actually had a week of nothing for most people. You know, no new product announcements and nothing to play while we waited for this update to get done. Then it comes out on Tuesday, right? And the downtime was supposed to be what, two hours? Maybe four? It was like nine hours. Yeah, it was like all day. As a man of the people, a person whose job it is to make content for everybody else. I said I would be live during downtime to entertain people. I'm not really good at this long time streaming thing. I'm good at like two to four hours. I, for nine hours, like I was playing magic duels. (laughs) all the different magic duels games on steam i had a thousand people watching that is probably like peak cgb right there playing magic duels for like a thousand people and then i was commentating on some pro tour matches watching some old pro tour runs. but my god man but then we get the update
0: book of exalted deeds is unbanned you know i wasn't anticipating how cringe and tilting it would be until it actually came up for me right I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, that sounds kind of annoying. I probably wouldn't like that either. And then the first time I ran into it in the 2022 queue, I was I, like, I wanted to grab my opponent and just <laughs> smack him across the face. <laughs> well said.
1: I don't think that's as bad as the other thing, though. Brainstorm was unsuspended for about 24 hours. Oh, God. L- look, what were what <laughs> oh, we God. supposed to be excited about? Historic. Right. That the new like jumpstart horizons hadn't quite come out yet. That didn't come out till Thursday. At least it didn't come out the same day, but they literally brought back brainstorm from the dead for like 24 hours before they sent it back into the ether. So that was really funny to watch right after the update launched. But I think far worse. Like what did this update do? Everything seems just weird. Have you had the latter experience of queuing into the same person two times, three times, four times? again and again and again that's what's happening right now
0: yeah i managed to miss that particular one i think parts of it was that it was looking like a show and i was just kind of Dude, avoiding it ash lizzle entered a historic event after the new cards did come out that thursday i believe she queued in the same jess yeah. control player five out of six matches yeah and then in the next one she did it was like four yeah. out of six or something Insane is ridiculous insane, so something yeah. is totally destroyed in the matchmaking where now you will
1: play mm-hmm. the same people over and over and over and over. I played the same uh, a guy who's also a YouTuber Watts. I played against him four times in a row, and this isn't because nobody's playing for some reason there's always somebody who's like, well, there's probably nobody playing that's no. That's not the case. Dude, it's a new update. Everyone yeah, wants lo- to play. tons of people are playing. Not only that, there's probably been much lower points in Arena with less people playing, and this never happened. Like, on Christmas freaking mm-hmm. day at 2 in the morning, I can get a variety of opponents in Mythic.
0: Yeah, I mean, usually what happens is if there are less people playing, it just takes yeah. longer to queue, right? That's And that's, that's what not happening anymore.
1: There's also something yep. screwed up in the ranking system, dude. If you're watching yourself in mythic like top 1000, like a win moves you like 20 points
0: now? And a loss does too. Like you just move up and down so slowly. Like unbelievably slowly. <laughs> Weird. Wait, so do you think that they've just totally retooled yeah, their ranking? They've as done well? something to matchmaking, ranking, and now we've gotta we gotta speculate. The shuffler. The shuffler. <laughs> I'm getting one landers again. The shuffler.
1: I haven't seen one landers <laughs> okay. in years.
0: Yeah, man. Maybe they're like ramping down on the algorithm. That would be really interesting. I don't know. But I also, like as soon as it happened, like I've been queuing
1: into people in Mythic with the decks that I would never queue against before. You know what I mean? Like the, Mm -hmm. all the basic lands, you know, the mono two color basic landers. Oh, it's so weird.
0: That's so interesting, actually, because I was just playing today, earlier in the standard 2022 queue, and um, I was playing all kinds of matchups that I just yeah. never would have expected. And I mean, it was sweet. Don't get me wrong. I was really enjoying it. But I assumed it was just because I was playing some new Golgari deck. That's what I assumed. But maybe it's just that the matchmaking is really different. If that is the case, then so far anyway, I want to mm-hmm. applaud it. Because like, the the range of people that I've been playing has been much wider, and it's... It's just felt like a different format, which is really sweet. What queue are you in? Just the ranked standard 2022. Ranked standard 2022 in like platinum? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like high platinum at the moment. Yep. Okay.
1: I want to be where you are because are you not having the queuing into the same person like four or five times in a row? Because that's what I'm getting. Not today. No. Oh, I do it every day has been like that. And I've got to tell you, that's where the rock bottom starts to oh, come God, in. God, I can imagine. Yeah. As a content creator. <laughs> all right. When you're trying to make a video, and I know I've I've just become accustomed to what people kind of want and what they expect, which is a variety of matchups and try to make a narrative and you try to make a, it's good against this and it's bad against that. When you're just queuing in the same person over and over, and especially if they're a bad matchup for you, it is draining, like soul suckingly draining. Can you only imagine? I, I made a video today of regular standard because standard 2022 was busted. Yesterday, when I had to record, like that, that queue just didn't work. It wasn't work.
0: even working. Yeah, you couldn't join a match. So, my theory at the time was that the book was still in there and they were like embarrassed. So, they just literally didn't want it to be running. Maybe. I think the queue was actually broken and they had actually disabled it. Like, literally, like, checked some checkbox in the server, being like, do not let people play this queue. I haven't tried running book. I know 2022 was working today. I haven't tried book. Well, I, I got a message it's still not being. Yeah, I was just going to say, though, that today I actually did play against it. So that okay. so that debunks okay. that theory. I, I guess there was no even good or even semi-plausible reason why it wasn't working.
1: But, 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 dude. So I played standard, regular standard. Imagine. I played six matches. Five of them were against the companion Luris. Oh, God. <laughs> Is there a Luris deck that isn't annoying as hell in standard? My first opponent, they only tried to cast one spell the entire game. Can you guess what it was? Into the story? Zenith Flare. Oh, Zenith Flare. Wow. It's been a while. It's been a while for me. I queued into that person three games in a row. Oh, God. And they never put a spell on the stack that wasn't Zenith Flare. Oh, God.
0: Does that sound like fun magic, Arjuna? (laughs) I mean, this is the magic I've, like, already left behind, right? For me, hearing about this, this is like my ex drunk texting me, you know what I mean? It is. Yeah. I I thought we moved on, (laughs) you know? I
1: really thought we moved on. This update is... I hope it gets fixed up soon. I haven't played since today's update, which was like a pretty big rollout as well. Yeah. Or no, yesterday. Sorry. Today is. They, they did one um, today, though, as well. Today's Friday. They did one today, too. Yeah, my client did, did another update. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Because they had to delay. You were, you were alluding to this before. They had to delay the biggest like magic tournament of the year to date, the MPL and the Rivals Gauntlets, because they
0: weren't sure they'd be able to run them. I mean what a face palm that is, dude. I mean, this is, people are online to go to worlds, you know what I mean? Like this is MPL qualification yeah. stuff. Like this is big time. Well <laughs> They it told was. people not to
1: expect professional magic to be a thing in the future. So people took time off of, you know, those jobs they went and got to play this event. And then they were told, now nah, we've moved
0: it. Different days. Have fun. It's so amateur hour, man. Yeah, dude everything it's not cool from top to bottom right the freaking the unbanned cards the downtime the replanning the like i mean it's like just about everything that you can imagine going wrong has gone wrong right some people can't even log in yeah i've heard that too uh, i saw some content creators had wiped accounts oh right like just yeah. all of their
1: cards gone and stuff Yeah, Yeah. I saw that on Twitter, like screenshots of just having absolutely nothing. I saw screenshots of people who like had been in Mythic and got their ranks completely reset all the way to nothing, (laughs) like to the bottom. Things like that. It's like, what's going on? How does this happen? Yeah. And I mean, I hope that it actually is rock bottom because I hope we have places to go up from here because I actually think the cards that we're going to talk about are sweet. You know, that's that's the bright side, the silver lining. But I just couldn't dive into the cast very far before letting you know, like, it has been a week, man. I streamed on Thursday, again during downtime. I spent two hours reacting to old MTG commercials
0: on YouTube. Which was sweet content, by the way. I Thank I you. watched a fair amount of that, and that was a good time, man. <laughs> thank you That cgb at rock bottom just trying to make some people have fun <laughs> also if uh, if you go back and watch the vods on twitch you can actually see cgb as a younger lad with frosted tips getting thrown through a coffee table by a, a large goblin <laughs> i guess you can say that's a thing that you saw <laughs> i mean that's that's what the i frosty saw frosty tips though that's man. all i'm gonna say when I have time, I'm going to go talk to my stylist about some frosty tips. Dude, I mean, come I, on. I got to tell you. I know you've yeah. had them in the past. Look at that hair. Are you trying to tell me that hair has never had frosted tips in it before? Actually never really? has. Yeah, that's true. That blows my mind. I mean, fact. bona fide child of the 90s. That blows my mind. Mm-hmm. What
1: can I say? I uh, I was edgy, man. I didn't want to be like those boy band flakes, you know? You are not like another Justin Timberlake-like? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to go on dates or have girls interested in me. Come on. <laughs> Just kidding.
0: Maybe I should have. I mean, if I could do teenage CGB again, I'd, I'd frost those tips, baby. Hell yeah, dude. And you'd be A of all playing more magic, getting thrown through more coffee tables, and B of all dating more. So there you go. Yeah. Gotta love it. Good stuff. I know. I I actually feel kind of fortunate that it was just like a busy week IRL for me. And I wasn't trying to make a buttload of magic content because I feel like I'm just missed a majority of that pain, although I did witness it heavily throughout the week watching other people's streams. And man, it's so brutal, like, when you when you open up Twitch and you look in your little left pane to see all the people you're following, and you see, like, 10 of your favorite MTG content creators, and they're all streaming, like, Storybook Brawl and oh my God, Genshin yeah. and just, like, whatever, right? <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's embarrassing.
1: Yeah, that is a thing also that's been going on. There's just been a few diehards, like, fighting it out for content and we've all been miserable it's kind of you know made us closer together i
0: think (laughs) brought us closer together and the thing that surprises me is that we're still surprised right we're still surprised when everything goes haywire i like to think i'm getting
1: good at this like when they said that the downtime was going to be four hours on tuesday i decided i was going to stream that day but i also recorded three videos in case the downtime was longer than expected and i couldn't record for two days brutal Yep, that was smart Yep. That paid off. People were worried. They're like, how are you going to make a video? I'm like, I already did. I'm way ahead of you. Dude, I recorded three videos and did a nine-hour stream on my birthday. That's how I got ahead of this.
0: But it wasn't enough, dude.
1: It wasn't enough (laughs) because the queues were just so messed up. It was so hard to make videos.
0: Oh my gosh. Brutal. Well, one thing that I did manage to witness you doing was making some pretty sweet videos about Historic. Uh, Do you want to tell us Mm -hmm. a little bit about what you've been up to in Historic? Yeah, Historic is a nice, fair
1: format when your Dragon's Rage Channeler deck cues up against Burn. Historic, like, rope-a-doped me, dude. I made this Dragon Rage Channeler video. Well, oh no, let's go back to, first of all, the Vesperlark-Davriel's Withering combo. Yep, how'd that turn out? That's not a joke. No, dude. That's real. Yeah, it's like, what, turn three, three is- combo? sometimes it can be turned to if you have a mana accelerant and the right wow. dual lands. yeah the very first game i played up for that video was a draw because just did it good news arena somehow of all the crazy things they did which i still don't understand why they would print the vesper lark at all but they did make it so draws happen fast if the same action repeats for i think it's like two minutes you get okay. a draw got it and and i swear it was like 10 minutes back in the polyraptor days brutal so yeah, that's brutal. Two minutes is kind of faster. It's a lot faster for a draw. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to draw the game, at least it doesn't take forever and the opponent, you know, can run to the bathroom, come back and there's the draw. And we're on to our next game. Still shouldn't exist, but it was better than I expected. And speaking of better than I expected, I just splinter twinned so many freaking people with that deck. Dude, it, it's just so to, easy to pull that to combo. The surprise on. of no. And that was a, I mean, yeah, the Vesper Lark blood artist Davriel's thing. It works and it wins and you can put it in a variety of shells. My shell, I don't think was even close to the best. It was just the day one. Here's some cards that go into it. I played against some decks since then that I think are way better. Yogmoth is a card that goes in that deck really well because it's, oh dude, it's like a fair card. But it just takes over the game mm. on its own. Because if you're sacrificing all these bodies and moving things, you know, from graveyard to battlefield oh, and so on, with blood artist and cruel celebrant, you just drain them out and you draw a bunch of cards. Yeah. Wow. Totally fair version still kills yeah. them. So that, that's a real deck. Like that's a, that's a terrifying deck. But Dragon's Rage Channeler, like, is it tempo stuff? Actually had me for a minute. It made me think it was a good format because I played some close games and they were exciting. And then then I ran into the Tibbles trickery deck. Oh the first god. Time.
0: <laughs> oh
1: god. And and this isn't your this isn't your daddy's trickery. Now they play Throws of Chaos, yeah. which is a 4 mana card. So it doesn't look like it would be an improvement over the previous trickery deck that could go off on turn mm-hmm. 2. But what you get by cutting all the zeros is you no longer are a two card combo. You're one card That's combo. It. You don't have to mulligan until you have trickery plus a zero. Yeah. You just mulligan until you have Throws of Chaos. Throws of Chaos is all you need if your cheaper cards are only Trickery, because Throws of Chaos hits the stack, cascades into Trickery. The Trickery can target Throws of Chaos because it's still on the stack because the cascade was part of the card, and then away you go. You get to roll the dice. The only other thing you could hit that would mess it up is
0: Trickery. Is another Trickery, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is very low. You, you know, you're not going to hit the Stone Coil Serpent anymore, you're not going to hit the zeros, that's a big deal. Yep. Right. Because now you're just far more likely to do something broken. And God, that is annoying.
0: Well, and then, and then correct me if I'm wrong, but can't you just like uh, Mizzix Mastery and do it all over again as well? You can. I added Mizzix Mastery to my version, which I hadn't seen yeah. because that
1: also gives you a second kind of angle mm-hmm. where you can just mizek's mastery magma opus on turn three if you didn't keep a throws hand and that's usually good enough to get you to throws of chaos yeah. because it just puts the opponent so far in the back burner most of the time though you don't need to mizek's mastery throws of chaos because it has retrace it gets countered by the trickery and it goes to the graveyard and with retrace all you have to do is discard a land to cast oh it that's right so you just get to cast it again brutal not only that but when you retrace it It usually exiles when the retrace resolves. Does it resolve if it gets countered by trickery? No. no. It goes right back to the graveyard and you can do it again. So even if you whiff with the trickery, you just cast it again the next turn.
0: Let's just step aside from the combo. This card is such a fascinating card, right? Because it's what? It's three and a red sorcery and it has two words on it. One of them's cascade, the other one's retrace. That's it. I mean... Yeah, it actually does nothing. It's such an interesting concept for a card, right? And I think that notwithstanding the Tibalt's trickery, it's a pretty sweet puzzle to try to solve. Of course, with the trickery, it's like a, like you said, it's a one card combo and it's a total groaner. Oh, I think you get 24 hours to be like, oh, (gasps) oh, (laughs) yeah.
1: Right? Because it didn't occur to me that I was countering my own retraced throws of chaos. So it was going back to the graveyard. So I could just do it again the next turn and the next turn if I wanted. Yeah. Once you get past that, though, you're just, it's just degenerate. It's just Ulamog spamming. It's a monster. Very hard to beat because the traditional, like, well, I'll memory lapse it. Okay. I do it next turn. Well, I counter it. Well, I'll cast it from the graveyard. It just. Keeps going relentlessly. So I found my place in Historic after throwing a tantrum on one of my streams where I said I'm never playing the format again and it's the worst thing to ever exist. (laughs) And I stand by it, but I did find I found my place in the format. I'm still going to play best of one because I don't enjoy playing best of three, but I'm just going to fight cheese with cheese. I found my cards. It, like my decks just have main deck like a graph diggers cage a rest in peace two to three test of talents let's okay go. you're a hater that's that's what you are <laughs> man you're just a straight up hater. that's what i am i'm just shutting down those people who think they're smart by playing these stupid uh, do nothing uninteractive combos man i'm just taking them out i'm a
0: trained assassin on a mission this is cg cgb's version of unmod ego right <laughs> <laughs> this is Yeah. This is what CGB does. When other people would unmord ego people, this is what Kovac Ghobli does. It's way better than Unmorded don't don't get me started <laughs> on that. I know
1: what you're trying to do. You're trying to start the Unmorded Ego talk again because <laughs> people love going after me for that too. But uh, no, this is like test of talents is a good card it is a narrow card but it is a card that solves a very serious problem and it does hit things that are on the stack and can take out a key part of people's decks and when the format gets too centered around one thing that's really powerful and it's happening in 2022 if we had time for 2022 meta i'm actually putting test of talents in more things because all runs
0: epiphany just get out you know because so many decks come down to that now yeah or even just like like hitting a Lolf, right like you gotta feel awful if your opponent just tags a Lolf. or how about your kaya right you're playing blood money and your opponent hits your kaya are you messing with (laughs) me are you trolling right now you are aren't you you're trolling blood on the
1: snow yeah Yeah, i cast test of talents on planeswalkers all the time because i'm a cheater
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's right no uh, blood on the snow you can't do it that's right
1: Oh, you were supposed to stick with the troll. I was trying to save you, man. I was trying to save you from the comments. I'm too honest. I really was trying to bail you I'm too honest. You can tell I don't cast that card very often. Blood on the Snow is a good hit,
0: though, too. Like, that's an important hit yeah. as well. It's like killing four points. Well, torters. and I mean, when I think about Historic, I think it's actually a really good match because what deck in Historic is not playing some kind of hard-hitting instance or sorceries, right? I mean... There's a lot of Collected Company exactly. decks that get really salty when you hit that card. Exactly. Like, a lot of scoops yeah. to that. even Thought Seas or Memory Lapse, you gotta feel pretty good about just knocking out your opponent's Memory Lapses. Yep, the Gear Hulk decks without Magma Opus are kind of a sad sort of themselves
1: reanimator without its reanimation jutsu is pretty sad like there's a lot you can do with tested talents that gets the job done in historic so i've been running more and more of that i have like a bant blink deck that's almost all creatures even had collected company at one point but it still has like three tested talents let's go (laughs) because you can't just fight fair there is no world where you'll only play fair matchups especially in best of one so you've got to have a chance it's a whole different way of analyzing opening hands well, you know, if I got the right matchup, I, I just got him. But you take it. You're like, okay, I'll take the shot here. I might draw Test of Talents now. I do have an I win button in my deck. I might draw my Graft Digger's Cage. I might draw my Test of Talents. By the way, Graft Digger's
0: Cage against uh, the Vesper Lark combo is nice. Heck yeah, dude! It's very nice. Heck, I mean, Graf Digger's Cage just still proving to be a very relevant card in Historic, and uh, it's pretty much only the Is it decks that are going to make you actually. I guess Colligan's Command hits it too. It's kind of brutal that there are like two popular commands in Historic that both just easily take that out.
1: Yeah, that's why I just run one, but I also have Rest in Peace, and I also have Test of Talents, which go after that deck as well. Yeah, I've got ways, but that's my thing. Like I'm running like blue white control, and I'm starting. I actually have a ton of decks now. I've I've kind of gotten into Historic once I kind of embraced the role of I'm going to cheese the cheese. And now I've got like Bant Blink, Jeskai, Flash, and Blue-White Control that I'm playing a lot. And they
0: all have like one Graft Digger's Cage, one Rest in Peace, three Test of Talents. Let's go. Covert Go Blue, you want only one thing and it's disgusting. It's awesome. <laughs> somebody has to show these. Somebody has to show these nerds that they're cute
1: deck that isn't going to work every time. Somebody has to make the game about more than going first, man.
0: If it's gotta be me, that's what's gonna happen. Love it. Well, Ninja Gaidening, the best of one historic queue. So that's awesome, man. Thanks for the update. Yeah, I've not really been playing that format. I am excited about it, but I just I don't know, man. Sometimes I like playing fresh formats and sometimes I just want to step back and let all the nonsense dissipate, right? I just want to Yeah. You know, I want to I want to let the kaijus murder each other before I come on in there with my whatever, you know, tier 2 or 3 deck I feel like playing on on that given day. So, that's been kind of my approach, but I've definitely been enjoying watching people just Absolutely body slamming each other with Dragon's Rage Channeler. I mean, that card has has not disappointed. Yeah, that card's for yeah. real. Unholy Heat is really good, but Dragon's Rage Channeler is a house. Very fun. Very fun, too. I can't stress. Like, I actually had fun with a red card that attacks. Dude, time. I mean, just the experience of, like, having a Dragon's Rage Channeler and then casting Express Iteration, it just feels so good, right? Feels so good. You see so many cards... <laughs> You you get the surveil and then you look at your top three and you
1: pick a little this and you do a little that. It's it's like stacking your deck. It's, it's awesome. cheating, you know? It's just straight up yeah, cheating. It's nineties yeah. magic. We're just playing nineties magic again finally where we just all stacked our deck, had our friends slipping us cards and wait, not everybody <laughs> did this? You're shaking your head. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's what people did
0: to me, though, and I've never forgotten. That's the whole Mike Long thing, right? That's come up again in recent times. But yeah, I I just think it's sweet how you can play a deck in an arena format where, like, you max out at three lands and you're just freaking surveilling away the rest of your lands, right? You don't need them. It's just one drops. It's just one and two drops. That's all you need. Anyway, yeah, so I'll be interested to see how that all goes. That deck's going to get... At least one significant boost from the upcoming Innistrad set as well. Might even get a couple. So, I don't know. Why don't we get into that now? Because it's fresh, it's hot, it's here, it's day, it's, it's night.
1: Good. It's good. And it's good. Oh, it...
0: Day <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's you were trying to do a thing there my bad dude i mean n- night and day right it's, it's gonna be a huge difference in standards. so cgb i've i've had a very busy last couple of days and it's been a little bit hard to keep up on some of these spoilers and i know that some of the spoilers were actually spoiled right before this podcast when you were out and about so some of these cards are literally we're gonna see them for the first time on the podcast which i think is really fun yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm going to jump ahead since you talked about day and night.
1: Let's talk about that yeah. mechanic because I think that's a doozy. So I want to jump straight to Arlen the Pax okay. Hope. Okay. All Let's right. Do it. So I'm going to read that one. If, and, uh, if you want to pull it up, Arlen the Pax Hope is a two and a red green. So four total mana for a legendary planeswalker is a mythic with enters the battlefield with four loyalty. And I'm going to read some pluses ability. Then I'm going to read about day bound, which is. Uh, stack ability and there's an other side to this card so just hold on for the ride i'm going to try to present it all so the plus one is until your next turn you may cast creature spells as though they had flash and each creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter Ooh, that sounds fun minus three create two 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 green wolf creature tokens that one got my attention I was howling at the moon (laughs) because my cool stuff ink token is a 2-2 wolf for this set. Dude, so Arlen is actually making CGBs. Arlen is actually making CGB tokens. Anyway, this card has Daybound and another side to it. And that Daybound says if a player casts no spells during their own turn, it becomes knight next turn. And then the backside has Nightbound, and Nightbound says if a player casts at least two spells during their own turn, it becomes Day
0: the next turn. You got all that? Okay, so here's what I'm wondering. I assume that there's no Day or Night happening until a Daybound or a Nightbound card hits the battle. That is board, correct. correct. I
1: also have two more loyalty abilities I okay. forgot to read. <laughs> all right, so on the Night side, Arlen the Moon's Fury has a plus two, which is to add red and green to your mana pool. All right. And a zero that says, until end of turn, Arlen the Moon's Fury becomes a 5 5 werewolf creature with trample, indestructible, and haste. All right. Got a little Gideon going on there. All right. Did you play the first Innistrad set? Or the last, the most recent one? With the, the like Shadows? Yeah. And the, yeah. Yep. You did. Yes, I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you play the one before that with Huntmaster of the Fells? No. Okay. So we know about like how werewolves have worked in the past. So the first big thing that you read is you're like, "Oh, they keyworded it. Daybound and nightbound are what were- the werewolves did before. It's just now we have a keyword." Correct? I mean, that's what I would assume. Incorrect. Okay. This is different functionality in very subtle ways. Come on, man. Why do they have to do this to us? Oh, dude, I know. It's a mind, like, I'm already having trouble
0: thinking about how the cards are going to interact because I'm used to how the other werewolves work. That's what I'm saying. This is actually, this is punishing us for our mastery, right? It is, but the other way had a few things about it that were bad. Okay. And this has, I I think, actually does
1: fix it if you want to get into the weeds after we talk about the card. All right, so here's what's up. Once a card enters the battlefield and, like, makes it day or night, it's, like, a static thing that is part of the game. And it's represented by, like, a token, kind of like the dungeons, mm-hmm. where, like, if you're playing paper, there's, like, a what I assume is a double-sided day-night token where you just flip it. But it's now part of the game for the rest of the game. And Arena will track that for Dude. you. But think about it. When Arlen would enter the battlefield under the old rule, it would always enter as Arlen, correct? Yes, that's right. Under this rule... It just is night if something else changed it to night. Therefore, you can play it on the Moon's Fury side and have that zero to be a 5-5 Indestructible Haste the turn you play it. I see. Or
0: plus it for two mana that turn. So you put it on the stack on its front side, but if it is night, it just automatically resolves on its backside. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. That's really interesting. And that is actually really cool because I feel like with the previous werewolves, you always had to go through some kind of process to get them there. And exactly. So yeah, that so that's pretty sweet. Yeah, and on top of that, a few little details. If a player
1: doesn't the the way that the other ones worked was if a player cast no spells, transform right now. It's only you if you cast no spells. Mm. Your opponent can't blow up your attempt to flip your werewolf with a flash creature or an instant. Got it. Okay, so it's during your turn. Yeah, yeah, you get some what well, what would you call it? agency there? Yeah, like you are making the decision that I'm going to turn it today. Or I'm going to turn it to night. Right. And that's kind of cool because while there was kind of a sub game there, it did make the cards and what cards were good in the format. It, it just created a lot of awkward, like real uh, awkward. And it Like was just- I go to my end step. I, I transform my wolf. And then the other person's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I put an instant on the stack. And it's like, no, whose turn is it? I don't know. And yeah. it really awkward stuff, right? So the other thing about it is it says nightbound if a player casts at least two spells during their own turn, it becomes day the next turn. So you can't like cast two instants on your opponent's turn to transform your wolf on the next turn. Also, the way that transforms worked before was a trigger. From what I can tell, there's no
0: trigger here. The transformation just happens. Just happens. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. So let's just break it down really clearly for the crafties, especially the crafties who weren't here for the previous Innistrad sets. We can, but they probably already tuned out. They probably left if they were confused. (laughs) I know, right? They're already asleep. But... but They're already asleep at their desks. Okay, so with Arlen, for example, let's say no day-night shenaniganing has yet happened in the game. You play Arlen, Arlen's going to come down face-up with this Daybound ability. And so the Daybound says if a player casts no spells during their own turn, it becomes night next turn. So let's say, so you play Arlen, face-up, good to go, maybe you do your minus, whatever, okay? Yeah. You pass to your opponent, they don't manage to remove Arlen, they don't change the status of the day or the night. They pass it back to you. Now on your turn, you have the choice. If you decide that you would like to flip Arlen, and Arlen is designed to do this, right? So you go ahead Mm -hmm. and you plus Arlen, it lets you play your creatures with flash, you pass the turn, and because you cast no spells during your turn, boom, it globally becomes night for the whole game okay if your opponent did manage to somehow get something down that cared about that then it would transform to the night side now on your opponent's turn if they decide that they don't like your arlen being flipped they can go ahead and make sure that they cast two spells on their turn which then turns it into day and that will be on your following turn so uh-huh. that's basically how it works Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can
1: flash things in and do stuff on their turn because you plus your Arlen, but that doesn't change the fact that they can change it back today if they have the two spells to play. Yeah. They have the agency now
0: to make that move. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think you. I think that's a good sum up. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, cool mechanic. I, honestly, I'm still not that into it. I just feel like there's so much you have to track with this, right? There's so much planning you Oof. have to do. There's so many. It's so hard. Yeah, dude. There's so many accidental feels bads. It gets really hard and limited. I don't know. There's just there's a lot of things about this mechanic that I didn't particularly like the first time around. And even though they've worked on it, I'm just still a little over it. You know, it can also sometimes have this effect of punishing you, right? Like, if you're not able, like, let's say that you your opponent's werewolves flip and it's night, right? And you really like would love to be able to flip it back today, but you just don't actually have the spells, right? Then you can just end up feeling mm-hmm. really punished and it's a real field bad. So if the card is, you know, it's okay if the card does good things
1: for you on both sides. Sure. Yeah, right? sure. But if you really needed one side or the other, your opponent
0: kind of had a way to counter you or interact with you in an odd way, right? Yeah. Yeah. a a way that they wouldn't normally have so it does create these openings for clever magic players to make good plays and feel clever and that's of course something that people like in magic but it's also just gonna i mean mark my words there will be a lot of salt over this and there will be a lot of like this game was looking great and then i misplayed around the day night thing and now i'm just totally dead on board and i feel awful so
1: i'm really curious to see what it looks like with the card in your hand because if it's night on the board and you're looking at Arlen in your hand and you think you're playing Arlen and you end up with a Arlen Moon's Fury, but say that you made the choice of Arlen because you needed two blockers from the wolf tokens. But now instead you have a 5-5 five, five haste indestructible that's not going to help you play defense. Like that would feel really bad, right? It pretty much would. So that's a tough one. Like yeah. I kind of wonder if it's night out, will it like flip in your hand so that you're looking at the version that you'd actually play? That's a good question. I don't know. That That's kind of weird, right? Because like yeah. you said on the stack, it's going to be... Arlen. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think that this is a I think it's the right change. You don't remember Huntmaster of the Fells mirrors. No. Because I believe it was the person who's the active player got screwed by Huntmaster of the Fells because if both players had one, the person who was on the play i think their hunt master got killed by the other one and it was really awkward trigger stacking for boomer magic so i think that's a good reason to move away from like the upkeep trigger version and it was at a point where people would like have this powerful awesome card hunt master the fells in their deck but if they were on the play
0: they'd like sideboard them out you know right right (laughs) oh man yeah it sounds like a nightmare i'm glad i didn't have to live through that myself it it is but what do we think of i mean
1: unless you have any other day night like kind of or Mm -hmm. night-bound, day-bound quorums that we need to
0: talk about or questions. We could also move into, is this card good? I mean, it looks solid to me, man. I mean, just that, you know, minus three make two two two-twos. Like, we've already seen how powerful that is yeah. on Lolth. This is one yeah. mana cheaper. The wolves aren't necessarily as good as those spiders in a lot of spots, but it's still just a lot of value, right? Yeah. And unlike uh Lulth or Grand Master of Flowers, Arlen comes in with
1: four loyalties, so the plus actually yeah. gets it out of dice to gold span range, which is kind of a big deal in the current format. The option to have a f- five five trample indestructible haste on turn four is compelling, but so is kind of the burning tree
0: emissary thing where plus two loyalty up to six loyalty and you ramp that is that's really good play like a dragon's fire or just a blocker something like that yeah uh you kill their thing plus by the way you cast two spells on your turn if you do that
1: think about that So you play Arlen Moon's Fury on the night side and then you plus two and you cast a Dragon's Fire on their creature. It means that you cast two spells. So you flip Arlen. And so the next turn you have
0: six loyalty and you can minus three it to make two wolves and minus three it again the next turn if you want to. Yeah, man. I mean, there's going to be a lot of intricate play patterns like that. There's going to be a lot of options. There's also going to be, just like you said, there's going to be turns when you were hoping that it would be either day or night so that you could play the side that you wanted and it might change your strategy accordingly. Yeah, going to be a lot of head scratching with this card. Yeah, also want to say everything I've said that's like rules related
1: is me reading cards yeah. and talking to Twitch chat. I'm not a judge. So people are going to,
0: as always, like they always do in our preview season, they're going to correct me on something in comments. It happens. And, you know, we're all going to learn how wrong we were. One of the things I want to note about this card is that it's been a while since we've had a really commonly played card in a format which lets you flash in, you know, card types that don't usually have flash. We all got tired of it with Teferi. And I'm just getting the sense that this might be a player in the next standard. And I'm getting the sense that you might get real tired of forgetting to play around your opponent's flash creatures so what you you don't want to get elite spellbound in the
1: draw step you're not into it you don't want that you're not looking forward to it okay okay fine
0: fine (laughs) oh god dude don't give them ideas cgb oh don't give them any ideas it makes me shudder i mean think about this like these aren't going to be in the same standard together but how punishing would it be to be during your opponent's turn and they try to kill your creature and you flash in your like protector right i mean there's just so there's so many different things that you're going to be able to do with this I don't know. I'm already terrified. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I think this card is pretty darn good. I'm really excited about being one of the, you know,
1: planeswalkers, one of the
0: marquee cards. This card is cool. It is very cool, and it does look quite powerful. All right, so we're going to just start off. We just kind of picked a place to start, and we're going to read through this and let you crafties know what we think. So one of the very first cards that caught CGBs and my eye when we were starting to do this is a reprint. And uh, this card sees heavy play in formats like Modern. It probably even goes back to Legacy for all I know. Pithing Needle. This is one-mana artifact. At rare, as Pithing Needle enters the battlefield, choose a card name. Activated abilities of sources with the chosen name can't be activated unless they're mana abilities. Mm-hmm. So this is like, a, it's a bit of a narrower Sorcerer's Spyglass, but costs only one mana. I mean, you know, you can't argue with the price, right? There's a lot of good things about this card. Well, let's just try going back and forth on things you could name. Do you have one ready? So, I mean, Fabled Passage came to my mind, although... <laughs> We, <laughs> you troll! But you
1: are a troll in your heart.
0: But I'm trying to remember, where did they reprint that? Was it in one of the other sets that's also rotating? Fable Passage will no longer be standard Okay, legal, but if you yeah.
1: say historic cards, that's reasonable.
0: Okay, so yeah, so Fabled Passage is, is always a good time, for you sure. Troll. <laughs> you troll. You troll.
1: To be fair, mine was also a land, okay. and it's the reason that we don't need the book ban anymore. Faceless oh, Haven. There you go. Faceless it. Haven. Taste it. One Colorless Man. You can play this in any deck so if before your deck had no answer to faceless haven now you have
0: one like they jam a couple faceless havens in the early turns of the game you play a pithing needle and that's that they tap for for colorless mana. but they can't activate that
1: ability so that the book puts the counter on it oh yeah yep Lock that out.
0: Other notable things, this shuts down Planeswalkers, which is cool. It also shuts down creatures and artifacts with like tap abilities. Basically anything that's going on just adding mana to your mana pool. Teferi, Hero of Dominaria. There you go. There you go. Are we having fun yet? I mean, you can find uses for this card all over the place. Well, and it's just one of those cards that it can just play so nicely with whatever game you're in, right? There's obviously going to be decks... That it's not very good against. But there's also gonna be decks where, like, you just find some random edge case, which just happens to totally hose your opponent in that particular game, and they never expected. You know, cards like this mm-hmm. take us out of the normal flow of what we get used to in a format, right? So you're all of a sudden going to find yourself in a situation where you're like clicking on your card and you're like, why? Why isn't this doing anything? You know, why? Like, and then you'll realize, oh, God, it's because my opponent has a pithing needle. Thinking about standard 2022,
1: literally every deck has creature lands. It's such a huge part of the format. It makes control so hard to play. Do you think it's worth a lot of decks like running a pithing needle or two just because there's always a
0: creature land you can name? I mean, I think it's worth considering you know okay it's so hard right because okay so in formats like modern or historic people getting to do the thing with the permanent is often so powerful it's like often the difference between them winning versus losing in standard not necessarily right so i don't actually know how good it's going to be to in your average standard deck just dedicate an entire card to shutting down your opponent's creature land especially since they might be running multiple colors then you're gonna get a little embarrassed by it right so it has a lot of limitations at the same time again one of the cool things about this card is that it can scale with the state of the game so if your opponent does have like yeah multiple faceless havens or multiple of some of these cheaper creature lands that they might actually be you know getting to activate more than one of them in a turn stuff like that then it can actually do a really good job of shutting them down so it's it's both a pro and a con i would say yeah Pithing needle sweet. Pithing needle. It's a good is card. a cool card. All right, CGB, I'll let you grab the next one here. Haven't, haven't seen this one. We're taking a shot in the dark on this one. This is Curse of
1: Silence. It's one white for an enchantment or a curse. First of all, curses are back. It's a rare and it says enchant player as the curses, to my knowledge, all say enchant player and as Curse of Silence enters the battlefield, choose a card name. Spells with the chosen name Enchanted Player Cast cost two more to cast. And whenever Enchanted Player casts a spell with the chosen name, you may sacrifice Curse of Silence. If you do, draw a card. It's a weird card, man. You still control it, right? So it's your card, right? If I cast it on my opponent and I name All Runs Epiphany and they get their nine mana together and they cast their Allrun's Epiphany... I can, if I want to,
0: sacrifice it and draw a card? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So it looks like you enchant your opponent, and then they have to pay more mana, and then you get to sack it if they do the spell, and you yeah. get to draw the card. But yeah. note that they will have already still had to pay that cost, right?
1: Yeah, they had to pay the extra two, yeah. but they did get the spell. They just had to pay a
0: lot for it. It is on the stack. It's going to resolve. <laughs> like Unless you counter it. I guess you could counter it okay, this does have a little bit of that Spellbinder going on, right? This is like, this is Spellbinder on a stick, in a sense. And except that you don't get to look at that hand. So... No. It's so interesting because... It's super efficient, and it is a good way to just put your opponent off of whatever you're worried about, right? Like, think about... Oh, it's a tilt factory, dude. Oh, dude, for sure. Imagine if, like, like you can just
1: play this on turn one and name Jesper a Sentinel, and the opponent looks at their hand and like, <laughs> oh... <laughs>
0: i mean if you're that good you know the soul read on the one drop you just get them dude i mean think about it's gonna happen in the best of one queue as someone on the play is they haven't even seen you make a land drop yet they're gonna name your one drop and you're just gonna like rage scoop right of course they'll do it to me they'll know exactly what i'm playing (laughs) because i'm predictable it's a good thing the companions aren't around anymore
1: i was gonna make that point
0: if you just name the companion like after they pay the three mana for it it's brutal Super brutal. Yeah, so, I I don't know. This card's super weird to me. My impulse is to tell you not to craft it or play with it crafties, but who knows? You know, this could end up being a really interesting card in the matter.
1: I think it requires a very, like, there is a clear deck to beat with a clear play pattern to beat, Mm -hmm. or you're running a deck that we can beat everything but this one thing mm-hmm. like if you're mono white and a doomscar deck is super popular because maybe some youtuber made a video with it yesterday and you want to beat that doomscar deck maybe this is a card that you just go to for a period of time when you feel like you can really predict the meta because you can beat everything else i don't know but it, it is a card i
0: would avoid at first but could see some play yeah for sure i think it's super interesting and we'll see how it plays out Okay, I'm going to scroll down here a little bit, might be missing some important cards, but you know, you can't win them all, right? You know, CDB. if I skip something that you're interested in, just just take us back there and let's do it. Okay. So a card that caught my eye, which I think could end up being a player in uh, some of these werewolf decks, is Kessig Naturalist. So this is an uncommon. It uh, costs green and a red for a 2-2. It's a creature human werewolf, whenever casting naturalist attacks, add red or green to your mana pool. Until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. And then it has daybound. If a player casts no spells during their own turn, it becomes knight next turn. Now, when it becomes knight, this flips over into Lord of the Olvenwald. It is a 3-3 creature werewolf. Other wolves and werewolves you control get plus one plus one lord effect whenever lord of the olvenwald attacks add red or green until the end of turn you don't lose mana as steps and phases end and this has night bound so if a player casts two spells on their turn then it will flip the next turn okay so i mean i'm just thinking about how this curves into arlen right mm-hmm. turn three arlen mm-hmm. and uh yeah and then when it flips it make those wolves three threes Yeah. Nasty. Nasty. And Arlen herself, I believe, is also a wolf on that, on the other side on the night side becomes a bigger creature exactly yeah. so yeah there are going to be play patterns where like this curves out and just obliterates you first of all it's a two mana two two and that's okay now oh it's so okay
1: in the world bone crusher is gone at this point <laughs> still hasn't been announced as a reprint in the
0: set holding your breath on that one <laughs> this card's practically unkillable you know who's gonna want to spend an entire <laughs> two, two card two to two. kill it <laughs> <laughs> no one. It might live. There is a good chance it lives. This card is sweet, right? Oh, heck yeah. Heck
1: yeah. Uh, it's a lord effect. It's literally called Lord of the Ulvenwald. So it's a lord call the lord. That's nice. It only works on the night side. So at some point you have to pass without making a play or somebody does, mm-hmm. which is interesting. But one thing that we learned about these wolves... In the past is that when you play a cheap one like kessig naturalist when you play this on like turn one there's a chance the opponent just doesn't have a play the next turn like they, they just go tap land tap land and you flip for basically free and against control it's actually pretty common for that to happen because they wanted to hold mana up to do something on your turn mm-hmm. instead it's not like when you get a cheap enough daybound card it's not unrealistic to untap with it on turn three on the night side
0: Yep. Exactly. So I think that there's going to be like some pretty devastating play patterns with this. Like, let's say you play this on two, you swing with it on three, you get out your Arlen, you make some wolves, right? On your next turn, if you're still day bound, you can plus this. I mean, you can plus Arlen, right? Leave up your flashy, flashy mana. And then if your opponent doesn't manage to, let's see, so it would be daytime, (laughs) right? And then your opponent might like want to keep it on day, right? Because they don't want to get hosed by you on the following turn. But then you could even on the following turn. I'm trying to think about how this would work. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) there's a scenario in which you're able to play two spells and flip all of your wolves over and then like crush your opponent, right? With the board state that you've created. Well. You
1: wanna you wanna be on the night side, right? Yes. To have your wolves
0: powerful. Exactly. So you wanna cast no spells. You want a turn of pass. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So if your opponent doesn't play two spells, then your stuff flips. Is that right? If the opponent plays two spells, we flip off night into day. Yeah. But if they don't if they don't, if they don't play any spells, yeah. then it transforms from day to night. Right. And so now you're threatening to attack with your Arlen Planeswalker and your wolves and your Cassic Naturalist if it's still alive and they all have plus one plus one. Right? So And and you get some mana just because. Yep, exactly. So it's a bit convoluted in my mind. We're gonna have to see the actual play patterns, right? But this, this is yeah. what I'm imagining. I think they're setting us up for these, like, explosive turns where, like, all of your stuff flips and all of a sudden your entire team is pumped, especially if you have multiple naturalists. Now you're just swinging in with the team. It's going to be pretty gnarly.
1: If you watch the lore video, there's, like, the lore centers around this Harvest Tide Festival, but it looks like the werewolves are going to crash the party. That, I think, is going to actually get represented on board states where it's like, here's a
0: little wolf, here's a wolf, and
1: boom! There's a whole bunch of huge werewolves.
0: Oh, my God. (sighs) Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Audio Crafties, you got to tune in to see CGB's werewolf face. He's, He's really playing the part, man. Now all you need is some mutton chops, CGB. I don't know what those are. I mean, I'm American over here, okay? The only thing he wants to do with mutton is Keep your food it. references American <laughs> on this, <but> I guess. <laughs> I don't, uh, you wouldn't talk barbecue? If we're not talking barbecue, I not want to talk about Yeah, it, CGB needs to get some barbecue chops going on there. All right, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this next card as well. CGB Arcane Infusion. Arcane Infusion is a red and a blue, so two mana. Uh, it's an uncommon, it's an
1: instant, and it says look at the top four cards of your library you may reveal an instant or sorcery from among them and put it into your hand the rest on the bottom in a random order the flashback is three a blue and a red my first thought is i played with a card called impulse and impulse was one in a blue to look at the top four cards of your library and pick one and put it into your hand and put the rest on the bottom and i often picked instants and sorceries because i am a blue mage that is what we do and it didn't have flashback and this card does. It's a good card that only fits a very specific type of deck. You have to be pretty happy hitting instants and sorceries often. I usually am. It competes with Expressive Iteration, which is likely a four of. This card is probably not as overall good as Expressive Iteration, but it might be a one or a two of player in that type of deck or in a deck with way more counter spells that doesn't want iteration. So this card is a decent role player, in my opinion, and it can get you really deep looking for all of the allruns epiphanies
0: you can can possibly want to cast in a game heck yeah i i agree with everything cgb said i think this card is pretty sweet and i think it could do a fair amount of work in the format another card i want to mention is this falcon wrath pit fighter we've been talking about some uh some lack of aggro support in our formats. And uh, it just reading down through this set with the various tribes, it looks like there are some extremely aggro curves which are going to be supported with this set. So let's get into a card that could enable stuff like that. So Pit Fighter one red mana for a creature vampire warrior. It is a 2-1, so 2-1 for one mana. Always got to notice those cards. And then it has this ability, one on a red, discard a card, sacrifice a vampire. Draw two cards. Activate only if an opponent has lost life this turn. So I think that this effect is really sweet and quite powerful. And I think that this is going to be like light up the stage at home. That's, <laughs> that's kind of my prediction. Yeah. So here's a cool thing about this card, right? Some of the play patterns that you can do with this card are you want to use the effect. And what you can do is like you can attack in with a number of your small vampires, and I guess you have to do damage to actually get the effect. So you can't sack the ones that get blocked, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. You could circumvent that with maybe some burn or something like that. But what I like about this card is that this lets you bridge that part of the game in aggro where like you've played out a bunch of cheap threats and maybe you're running out of gas and maybe you just need to top deck like that top end card in your deck, or maybe you need to top deck a burn spell or just whatever to keep the velocity going. And I think that this card could really do it for you. Yeah, we're getting a look
1: at a kind
0: of sub mechanic. It's not an official
1: mechanic, but this spectacle ish deal where there's these cards that work only if the opponent lost life this turn. And this is Probably one of the more pushed ones. I, we haven't had like a one mana two one in a while. Yeah. Unless you count wayward guide beasts which I don't. I don't like stone raining a myself meme. with my one drop. Indeed. Yeah, it's just kind of a terrible card. Like the rate is already better than cheap red cards have had in a while and we've got this spectacle type ability so what we have to remember about spectacle is we have to kind of reevaluate things that get little bits of damage to face right frostbite you know it, it can remove a blocker but it can't go face mm-hmm. so we can't activate these abilities mm-hmm. but then you look at things like cheap creatures with first strike flying Menace, Mm -hmm. Death Touch, like these are all things that usually make it so that we get in, Mm -hmm. or anything that makes you not want to block a creature. Like these creatures will hit often, which makes the abilities better. So I I think that the ability on this card on its own looks pretty bad and that you're not gonna use it much. I think is a way that you could read this, but I think that it comes together
0: when you start combining it with other cards. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you have like another vampire that's playable in your deck that just drains when it enters the battlefield or stuff like that.
1: I was temporarily confused when you started talking about the card because it's in another language yes. on the site. I
0: just want to say the the creature type on my screen is creature type Vampiro Glorero. Right. Which is Vampire Warrior. Yep. Very I, cool. I put on my translation hat here. So yeah, this card i mean it all depends on how the vampire's deck is obviously but this card looks like it could be a strong player in that deck if it ends up being a deck it's the hope for mono red dude indeed also the discard effect madness is coming right yeah crimson
1: vow we're doing madness oh i I mean it has to be why are they going so mad at a wedding though i thought madness would be in this set
0: (laughs) i thought we'd have like I don't know celebrate the mechanic at a wedding you know dude it's the it's the fever pitch right like the wedding is just where like the whole thing comes down you know it's the tantrum it's the freaking like running out of your wedding in your in your wedding dress screaming right bridezilla yeah that's it that's bridezilla madness that's what we're seeing yep just off the chain reality tv show coming to arena soon love it say yes to the dress and (laughs) to eating the guest Okay, I'll hand it back over to you, CGB. What's standing out to you? Ooh, I haven't read a lot of these, so I'm just going to dive in on one. Um,
1: Devoted Graph Keeper is my favorite colors of all time. Okay, It's a white and a blue, two total mana, for a 2-1 human, peasant, uncommon creature. When Devoted Graph Keeper enters the battlefield, mill two cards. Interesting. Whenever you cast a spell from your graveyard, tap target creature you don't control. Okay. It has Disturb, which is... A new mechanic. So we get to talk about that. Disturb says you play this on its opposite side. Again, we have double face cards. There's plenty of those. I love reading two cards for every card we read. I've got to tell you. (laughs) It's just the only way to do it. Anyway, Disturb says that you can cast this from your graveyard on the opposite side. So unless you have something that flips it some other way somehow, some convoluted way, mostly you don't cast this unless you're playing it on the opposite side from the graveyard. All right, the disturbed side is Departed Soul Keeper. This is a spirit. It is a three one. It flies. It can only block creatures with flying. So it's a Brazen Borrower. If Departed Soul
0: Keeper would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it. Okay, okay. So let me get this hmm. straight. So you cast it face up for its blue-white cost. It's 2-1. It dies, it goes to your graveyard, and then you know during any of your main phases, you can cast the disturb cost and just get it back on the backside, right? Right, okay. and it enters on the backside, so you don't get that ability of whenever you cast a spell
1: from your graveyard, tap target creature you don't control. Right. That only happens when you cast that, yeah, you don't get
0: that side of yeah. it. Okay. Unless it's still on the battlefield, but you don't get it from recasting. (sighs) Value creature kind of seems pretty sweet, Mm -hmm. especially if you're in the market for the mill. One of my main questions with this card is, is blue-white going to be a graveyard deck? It looks like it from this card. I mean, that's setting us up for it, right? Yeah, definitely a setup because usually when you
1: have a signpost card like this and Limited, it's really trying to drive your archetype. It's supposed to be like an important pick. And this one with the Mill 2, you've got to really want
0: that. So we're probably going to see a graveyard-themed blue-white guild mechanic for sure which sounds really interesting to me so and if if that ends up being good this could be a pretty strong card this i mean it's different than brazen borrower but this card has some kind of brazen borrower vibes going on for me
1: yeah you get an effect for two mana on the front and then on the back side when appropriate you get a three one flyer if you could cast it yeah it you cast it with the disturbed cost so yeah. it's not an ability you can't flash
0: it in. right exactly yeah, you can't yeah yeah that's too bad but uh yeah so this is like brazen Barrow at home basically
1: brazen borrower didn't mill that's true and it didn't create two bodies that's like true. this can trade off on the ground and then be a three one in the air it it's interesting yeah
0: it's a cool card and it's an
1: interesting kind of glimpse at the future mm-hmm. of blue white i guess and i'm not ready man i'm not
0: ready to just start doing graveyard stuff <laughs> i fast forward into the future and predict that you're gonna like it cgb Okay. you're gonna like a okay. card. we'll see just like this next card blade stitch scab so this is kind of a, in a similar vein except this is the blue black variety real simple creature zombie soldier cost a blue and a black it's a two three and other zombies you control get plus one plus oh i mean if that's not priced right for you i i don't know what is right i mean this card is simple cheap strong and effective wait that's it I know, right? There's now that like a flip side and five more abilities? This card actually has flavor text on it, if you can believe
1: that. Oh my god, I've <laughs> never heard it. Okay, so this card is sweet. Yeah. It's um, a two mana lord, right? And uh, it has better than the typical lord stats of a 2-3. It doesn't give a toughness boost, yep. which can definitely hurt. But zombies, I like it makes sense for
0: flavor because mm-hmm. zombies are known for being mindlessly aggressive. This card is cool. What do you expect from your like two mana 2-3, two, you know? I think this is like the, um, I'm already forgetting the name of it, right? The rogue dude that buffs your team. The rogue dude who buffs your team. The rogue dude The The flash dude. rogue who buffs your team. The 1-3. There's a 1-3 flash rogue that buffs your team. I'm, ki- I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm messing with you. It's Soaring, Soaring thought, thief. thought Thief. That's the one. you had me going there for a moment i was like man yeah CGB's just he's just been out of standards so long i mean i never remember card names when cgb doesn't remember a card name you know there's something wrong so yeah this definitely has the soaring thought thief vibe to me and it could end up being as groan inducing if the if the zombies deck ends up being good if it had flash. There is a sweet curve. Do you remember? Because we talked about the card when it was previewed. Yes. Do you remember what champion, champion of the perished? Of the perished. Is? Yes. So yeah. this is what? Every time a zombie enters the battlefield under your control, it gets plus one, plus one? It's a one mana, one, one that exactly yeah. that. Whenever a zombie
1: enters the battlefield, it gets plus one, plus one. So that's a curve right there that has your champion attacking for three on turn two. Heck yeah, dude. That's strong. And continuing to grow. That is strong. It gets better with another card that will Okay. To. Awesome. Yeah, zombies, werewolves look like they are curving out and hitting hard. Yeah, they look that. It's crazy. lit all right let's what's
0: next up for you cgb
1: i was trying to like sneak ahead and look at some of these cards to see if we want to talk about them so let's talk about gissa the glorious resurrector i have no idea where this card is going to fall because i haven't actually finished reading it <laughs> so, <laughs> it is two and a black black so four total mana for a four four legendary creature human wizard it's a rare if a creature an opponent controls would die exile it instead at the beginning of your upkeep, put all creature cards exiled with Gissa, Glorious Resurrector, onto the battlefield under your control. They gain decayed, which means, once again, in totally smooth arena podcast co-host fashion, I have moved us into talking about another important keyword mechanic of the set. Decade. Decade is a new ability that is kind of a strict downgrade, but it makes sense. We might get into why. A creature with decayed can't block. And when it attacks, sacrifice it at the end of combat. Basically, you get a one-shot thing. The flavor is like your zombie is falling apart. It's so old and rotting. And it only has one thing left to do, which is throw it at your opponent. And it won't even survive the attack. Just suicidal. Falling apart. Just guts splaying everywhere. Going for it yeah Uh, what do you think of gissa the glorious resurrector you
0: get whenever a creature dies with this on the battlefield you just it gets exiled and you You get get it it. you don't have to pay for it i get it yeah i mean Mm -hmm. that's it's pretty sweet i mean let's be real if you hit with this thing it's gonna feel pretty awesome it definitely has that four 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 that needs to live until your next turn kind of subtext on it right yeah That's right. But if it does, there's a lot to like here. So I mean, this strikes me as the kind of card that you actually don't curve out with, right? You you maybe hold this until you can like actually kill something as well, so that you're more likely to get the value on your next turn, right? But think about this: like if your opponent doesn't have a a kill spell for it, they're not gonna want to attack into you, right? They're not gonna want to trade with you having this on the battlefield. That's going to be... They're going to hate that idea. Yeah, guess. and so it's actually the kind of thing where like you can drop this on for an attack with your other zombies and they basically get unblockable for the turn. I mean, you know, if your opponent hatches a plan to kill Gissa, of course, that's going to stymie them. But here's one of the things you have to remember too is that let's say that this curves into, you know, the next turn being your opponent's gold span Dragon turn, right? You know, you might like throw off that curve by playing something like this and making them have to deal with it, right? I guess that's a bad example because dragon's fire can kill it if you have a goldspend dragon, but it's that kind of thing Sometimes cards like these if you curve them, right You can kind of disrupt what else your opponent would have been doing on the turn to have to deal with it And so, you know, sometimes it lines up like that, too
1: We've also learned that really aggressive curve outs It's not like the opponent can sit back hold their removal just in case you have a gissa It's true yeah. Like, they have to do something about the beatdown they're receiving if you have an aggressive zombie deck. Yeah. So, it's not a given that they'll just have removal up their sleeve at the right time when this comes down. Yeah. There's also this interesting play pattern where when you exile their thing, then you get it, but it has decayed. Mm-hmm so if you attack with it it goes to the graveyard so if for some like it was exiled originally but now if you attack with it after it comes back with decayed it goes back to their graveyard like that's kind of an odd tension in case they have things to do with their graveyard which might be a thing
0: like because usually the exile is a better upside than you expect well and if it has this uh, disturb ability then you might choose to try to hang on to it so your opponent can't that's a great example. Yep. Yeah, I mean, sweet card, you know. Uh, final thing I want to note, this card doesn't get bounced by uh, Cyclone Summoner, so... We're on the watch out for wizards, man. <laughs> We're just on the wizard's watch. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, here's a card I think you'll find interesting, Covert Koblu Blue, Dissipate. One blue blue instant at uncommon counter target spell. This is the cancel of this set. If that spell is countered this way, exile it instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard. So this is it's kind of like Void Shatter, except that Void Shatter was a colorless spell. This one is a blue spell. Other than that, same effect. What do you think, Kavikolu? What's funny is that dissipates a
1: reprint. I think it's been reprinted two or three times. Okay. And Void Shatter was just printed one time in like an Eldrazi set. So I thought it was really. Fun funny that you brought up that good old devoid card whereas dissipate is like i always think of dissipate and void shatter
0: i like never think of anymore it took me a minute to even be like what it's just because (laughs) i don't think dissipate has been printed in standard since void shatter was in standard i think you're right and that's my reference point right i also just i happen to love void shatter that's a spell that i formed an attachment to so i'm happy to see this effect return dissipate saw plenty of play in standard Mm -hmm. The exile effect,
1: especially in any kind of Innistrad set where the graveyard is often a a playable thing, it it mattered. It always seemed to come up here and there that you were really happy you had Dissipate. I don't think we're going to see as much of it, in the standard, just because Saw It Coming is going to be really hard to replace, mm-hmm. it's really amazing how I wasn't that excited about a Saw It Coming when we had like Absorb and things like that, or uh, Neutralize, which Cycles, you know, that's mm-hmm. really good stuff. When you compare Saw It Coming to like, vil- is it called Villain's Lair, you discover the Villain's Lair, or just Cancel, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. that ability to foretell it so that the opponent can't take it with their Elite spell binder, or they don't know what's in the foretell zone, so they don't know if they should play around, saw it coming or not, and the ability to save mana with it.
0: I just don't think dissipate's going to beat that at all ever. Yeah, could be. However, this is what I've noticed. Right, is that we say things like this, and then I feel like typically there's an inflection point in the format where everyone starts to switch over to the new counter spell, right? I think it happened with saw it coming, right? We were thinking, oh, we're probably not going to play that because we have these other spells. And so, yeah, I think at a certain point, you're going to start to see people preferring Dissipate. And then eventually it's just going to be the preferred counter spell in the format. Might not happen, but, you know. So with Dissipate, like, what would it take?
1: It would have to take, like, Creatures or Planeswalkers, like, a permanent type that can't be hit by Test
0: of Talents that you really don't want in the graveyard, right? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay, we'll be on the watch for it. Exactly. Just keep an eye out for it. This card could also be a really excellent sideboard card as well. You like people would have brought this in against uro, right? Uh not the not the worst idea. Not the not worst bad. idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Escape cards are leaving, but yeah, yeah, if there's a new escape or a new uro, mm-hmm. yeah, go for it
0: wizards. <laughs> you know, come at us. <laughs> we got dissipate now. It'll be fine. Or don't. Fine. <laughs> or, don't. Fine. or don't. Or don't. Okay, um the the next <laughs> Next thing I wanted to talk about here is these dual lands, CGB. We are getting allied dual lands. Are you stoked? What I'm most stoked about is how
1: you kind of made this like your pick, but you got two picks in a row and now I have to pick again because I had an easy one with the dual lands and you you were just (laughs) like, nope, I'm doing it. I mean, it, it, it's your pick. It's go for it. Talk about them. I I feel like I have to talk about the dual lands now for some reason. I can't put my finger on it. It's like I just okay. feel compelled to to discuss them. We got new dual lands. They are allied colors, so we're gonna have Demir Gruul, Selesnia, Rakdos, Deserted Beach. That's the blue white one. Yeah, I'm gonna know that one. And uh, these are. They all have this text of enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more other lands. And I think we've all seen this in the kind of fast land cycle of enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or fewer other lands. And this is the opposite. This is Mm -hmm. if this is your third land, fourth land, fifth land, or so on, it's untapped. If you play it on turn one or turn two, it is tapped. And they all do not have the basic land types. They're just type land. And they Mm -hmm. have tapped for, you know, this allied color or this allied color. Blue or black, red or green. So are we calling these slow lands then? Look, man, I coach roller derby. You never call a player slow. It's just mean, all right? You're just typing okay. them forever, and then they can never get out of that shell. What's a good way we can say it in a nice
0: way? Like, because these could
1: still, you know, these could still have okay. great potential. Okay. We don't want to okay. label I got them it.
0: poorly. I've all got right. it. All right. You're going on your next cruise, okay? You're going to get on your cruise ship, and it's going to sail off into the distance, and you know where it's going to go, CGB? It's going to go to a leisure land. It's... <laughs> it's the new and improved vacation shipwreck marsh the most leisurely cruise you've ever taken in your life untapped turn three onwards what do you think you're calling them cruiser lands leisure lands leisure land leisure lands yeah i like chill lands chill lands. okay
1: all right no leisure lands is pretty good leisure lands i like that too you just put a marketing
0: spin on it right
1: yeah, man. Shipwreck, Martian, chill, dude. Well, we don't yeah. need this aggro.
0: We don't need this attacking people on turns one and nah, on dude. turn two. We don't need nah. that. No, nah, we're casting sweepers and planeswalkers and expensive card draw spells. That's what we're doing. Yeah, you can tell by our banter around these that they are better in slow decks. But I don't think, like,
1: these are good, right? These are these oh, are yeah. going to be played in the kind of decks that you want these in. You have the Pathways for earlier. You have mm-hmm. Snarls for earlier, although that's going to be rough, mm-hmm. right, to fit in with this kind of thing. I don't know. I think they'll see a ton of play. Because yeah, the dual lands in
0: the set often do, unless they absolutely suck. So I mean, okay, so on balance, better or worse than the snarls. I think the snarls are actually good. And I think a big
1: problem is that they're printed alongside pathways and now these. If these yeah. had types or if pathways had types, snarls would be A+. They'd be yes. a listers And you can play them in
0: historic because you've got shock lands. So we currently have the only lands in standard at the moment which help your snarls are like the, the tapped snow duels, right? Yeah, horrible. Yeah, horrible. but the rest of our duels don't so that's Correct. kind of a bummer yeah you're right this does incentivize us away from snarls however also in different colors so that's something to think about as well i do think it's interesting how these are some of these anyway are slower colors right we've got blue white we've got blue mm-hmm. black those tend to be slower i mean we do have some faster ones selesnia gruel Rakdos is sometimes faster. But one of the things that I do like about these is that I think they play well with the creature lands, right? So the creature lands come down untapped in the first two turns of the game, and these come down untapped in the following turns of the game. Now, if you draw them in the wrong order, that's going to suck. They're all going to come out untapped. But I think... (laughs) I think if you build your mana bases right, it's going to work out most of the time. I like that point about the new creature lands from mm-hmm. Forgotten Realms that you can play those
1: early and then play these after. I don't think that these are, you know, they're they're not helpful when you want to curve out with like, say, a red one drop and um, turn two play Werewolf Pack Leader like a Stomping yeah. Ground would. But it is kind of nice that you can play opposite three color cards. I'm trying to think of two that I can name here. But for example, you can play Kazandu Mammoth and Skyclave Apparition. And. In your green-white deck And there is a chance You will have the option Of casting
0: either one On turn three Whereas before That was just so unlikely Well, no, you're right This That does make a good point That these lands Make three drops In particular better Because the later The game goes The more likely you are To have figured out Your mana anyway But, Mm -hmm. yeah That that three drop inflection Is going to be big, I think Yep, I'm into them Okay, so here's another thing I like, okay Is that in a set With some What's looking to be Pretty pushed Aggro archetype i like that they're not also giving us fast lands so like for yeah. example you know is looking like it's going to be a really aggressive archetype and i'm glad that you know gruel might actually have an awkward time of it in the early turns of the game because if they didn't i think it would just be a stomping
1: i agree especially with the curve that gruel looks like it might be able to pull off yeah. it's
0: kind of insane Yep, yeah. kind totally. of insane Those are looking pretty sweet. Okay. We actually are almost towards the end of our time here. Mm. So, and there's (laughs) a lot. So many cards. There's a lot to look at here. So there's just a couple more that I wanted to highlight. One of them is a reprint Thermo Alchemist. This card, it's seen various play in various different formats. I'm trying to remember, was this card ever like an actual player in the previous standard that it showed up in?
1: There was a Thermal Alchemist deck for a minute, yeah. I think a few people at a Pro Tour played it once.
0: Yeah, so if we get enough good support for this card, this might be one of those cards where like it's not playable in this set when it comes out, but like with some additional burn, all we need is like an additional lightning strike or like a little bit more face burn, a little bit more is it support, and all of a sudden thermo alchemist starts to pop off. And crafties, if you've never played against a thermo alchemist deck before, like if you haven't played historic and you haven't run into any there, uh, these cards can end up dealing an absolutely insane amount of damage to you over the course of the game. They deal 1 damage to you at minimum. Oftentimes, if your opponent is pointing burn at your face, they can deal like 2 or even 3 to you a turn. Of course, that stacks with multiple Thermo alchemists. I guess I haven't even read the card yet, so why don't I do that? Thermo Alchemist is 1 on a red creature, human, shaman, defender, 0-3. It taps to deal 1 damage to each opponent. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, untap Thermo Alchemist. So yeah, this common play pattern is something like you play a Thermo Alchemist alchemist on the next turn maybe you play another thermo alchemist you know you ping your opponent and then on the following turn you just cast like a cascade of burn spells and each one is dealing like two damage to your opponent off of the thermo alchemist and then you're untapping it and dealing more damage and it can end the game very quickly it's annoying it triggers so many triggers cgb doesn't like it
1: it triggers off every like (laughs) instant or sorcery you cast oh it's Card yeah. drives me
0: crazy, but but it's good. Yeah, it's good. So it could show up. I just realized that CGB is long overdue for reading his next Got card. Me. So why don't you, we uh, <laughs> what <laughs> what why why don't we let CGB pick? Uh, you know, one or a handful of the last cards that we read here before we go out. All right, I'm gonna read Tovalar, Tovalar, Tovalar,
1: the Dire Overlord. This is a double-sided card, so I'm getting my money's worth, okay? And is one and a red-green for a legendary creature, Human Werewolf, at rare. It is a 3-3. 3-3 for three. And whenever a wolf or werewolf you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Because why not? Oh, boy. Dude, Gruul? Gruul? Getting card draw? Hold on. We got a long way to go. (sighs) hold on (laughs) all right at the beginning of your upkeep if you control three or more wolves or werewolves it becomes night Mm? okay then transform
0: any number of werewolves you control so transform just means you can flip them from one side to the other whichever side you they're not on right it says it
1: becomes night therefore i think it has to go to the night side i don't think you can be a day bound creature on the night side. i see Okay. okay Got it. I I also thought that for a minute when I read it. All right. The flip side is the Midnight Scourge. And it says whenever a wolf or werewolf you control damage, draw a card, that's the same. But this is the part I love. It has X, red, green, target, werewolf, or wolf, you control, gets plus X, plus O, and gains trample until end of turn. This is a callback to a card, Kessick Wolf Run, which was Mm. a huge part of the format back in the day with that Innistrad set, which was a land that did this effect. But yeah, you basically can pump a ton of mana with this thing and just buff a wolf to infinity so i'm excited about this card the curve of this with if you go turn two werewolf pack leader currently you know just tearing up standard historic and standard 2022 what a card turn two werewolf pack leader turn three this oh i don't like where you're going with this Turn four, Arlen, make two wolves. You already have enough wolves to, if you want to, at the beginning of your upkeep, and since it's just an ability on the card, you can make it knight, like on your turn whenever you want to, as long as you have three wolves and one of them's this card, right? So you get to choose your day-night side without having to worry about the spell requirements. Then you also have, whenever you deal combat damage to a player, you draw a card. The Midnight Scourge side gives trample. It just hands out trample and you can pump mana into it. It's a mana sink, so if you want to cast no spells to flip that way, you can if you didn't do it with the three wolf requirement. And with Arlen, you make the two wolves, and the pack leader is triggering because the, it's a three three and a leader, three three. Yeah, on the attack. I know.
0: I know. And it's it's so much
1: card draw, dude. It's so much power why? and toughness. It's crazy.
0: Why does Gruel get to do this? Why? It's so
1: much, dude. Why?
0: Why? Why? I don't understand. Yeah, you it's get nuts. a card draw. You get a card draw. Yeah, Embercleave has draw a card on it. All right. Fun. Good <laughs> it's, times. It's, yeah. It's a brutally aggressive set of cards that we already know
1: about with a lot of previous season to go in a red, green werewolf deck. Mm-hmm. And it draws cards
0: while doing it. Yeah. Think about, like, each of these werewolf creatures that we've described is a must-kill, right? Yeah. I mean, just, like, the tutu that attacks, makes mana, and flips to buff the team. You can't just let that thing hang out. Like, that's t- a terrible idea, yep. you know? Same with the pack leader, man. Like, that thing's a must-kill. Like, you know, you can't just have them, like, drawing cards whenever they attack. I mean, yeah, it's kind of, uh oh, it's kind of feeling like a nightmare. We haven't even mentioned Ranger Class, which no, makes a no. wolf token...
1: And provides mana sinks oh, for the God. turns when you want to flip into night.
0: Oh, God. Dude, dude. It's, uh... Ow! Yeah, man. I'll tell you what, yeah, Ali Eldrazi's is gonna be blown up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, get ready for that, crafties. All right, any final card you want to go out on, CGB? I, I want to go out on Jadar, Ghoul Caller of Nefalia,
1: because I alluded to it before and this is only a one-sided card so we'll try to make okay. it quick <laughs> all right this is a one in a black for a 1-1 one, one. it's a rare so two mana 1-1 one, one rare human wizard it's a legend so go commander woo! and it says at the beginning of your end step if you control no creatures with decayed create a 2-2 black zombie creature token with decayed so for two mana you get a 1-1 one, one, and on your end step i assume you'll also get a 2-2 two, two. now when the 2-2 two, two attacks it, you'll have to sacrifice at the end of combat. But you also get like, you just get another one if this card is still on the board. And I love it because with Champion of the Perished, you get the 1-1 and then you play this and then on the end step you get a 2-2 and then that triggers the 1-1 so it becomes like a 2-2. Nice. And then your Champion of the parish keeps growing every turn as long as you keep attacking with the Decayed Zombie, right? Because you just keep yeah. making another one every end step and it just keeps the Champion getting bigger and bigger. And we talked about the Demir Zombie Lord who buffs all the zombies and we already have... The like a ton of kind of reliable value this is like dread horde invasion but i think it's
0: better because it's on a body that can attack and block itself yeah right so you you know if you play this on turn two you're getting three three worth of stats across two bodies now granted you know they can't all block and there are some other drawbacks but but you're right like this also has like dying and entering the battlefield triggers and all of that kind of stuff so yeah i think you're getting a lot for your money with this card you can sacrifice your two two to village rights and deadly dispute and then make another mm-hmm. one like for mm-hmm. free i mean that's not bad yep exactly yeah, and the whole time you're buffing a your champion of the parish and and whatever else right whatever else is happening as well you got shambling ghast hanging out like we got some zombies happening man we got yeah. some zombies Yeah, I mean, this card also looks really strong to me. Note that it is legendary. Also, note that even if it wasn't legendary, they wouldn't play nicely with other copies. So it kind of, you know, works out that way. So we'll be interested to see how many of these end up going in your deck. But if the zombie deck is a thing, I have to imagine this is going to be in it. Yeah, I think so too. So we talked about a bunch of cool cards. Mm -hmm. The tribal stuff, the
1: aggro tribal like the zombies and the wolves looks really nasty and vampires have potential it'll probably get really good with crimson vow but we've got a red one drop in vampires that's playable gives mono red hope and uh, the lands favor control so i mean this dude it's a lot of good stuff i know that there's a lot of things we haven't talked about uh let me know in the youtube comments or go to the discord and let us know if your favorite card didn't get talked
0: about if there's
1: an overwhelming one that we missed we can maybe hit it next week
0: yep that sounds great so yeah crafty's we're going to be doing more in-depth talks about the spoilers and of course our eventual trademark set review so keep an eye out that's going to be coming up but uh yeah in the meantime i'm really excited to just see what all these cards end up looking like i love the plane of innistrad really there's a special place in my heart for the last series shadows and then what was the follow up one? Eldritch Moon. You got it. Yep. So those two sets were really in full bloom when I came back to Magic and I had some very fond memories of playing those formats. So hopefully this will live up to that and also give us some new stuff to look at. And with that we will bid adieu to another episode of the Arena Craft podcast you can find us in most of the places that you would want to find your podcast we are on spotify you can download us in pretty much any app of your choice Uh, you can also watch this on covert go blues channel and see all of his amusing facial expressions which happen about couple times a minute he <laughs> gets to see him work his theater school chops here it's happening right now you can also go and watch covert blue stream twitch.tv forward slash covert blue you can watch me stream as well twitch.tv forward slash arena craft podcast and uh yeah covert go blue i will look forward to getting down night and day with you next week later crafties